Welcome to the Soul Tribe Podcast. The Soul Tribe Podcast was created to help you navigate through the world of spirituality, wellness, and self-development in an easy, grounded, and relatable way. We break down everything from the Akashic Records, manifesting, spirituality, and so much more. We want to help expand your boundaries and bring the spiritual world to you in a fun and easy way. Get ready to be inspired with tips, tools, and easy-to-digest information. Let's do this. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Soul Tribe podcast. Today's episode is an interviewed episode with Ciara, whom you may also know as Cantic Nomad. She is such an adventurous um, and a courageous soul. And we had so much fun talking to her because of these main two things. We feel like we had a lot in common with her views, her perspectives. She talked about her projects, companies she works with, and her mentorship programs, her traveling. It was all very insightful and the conversation was very flowy and actually really fun to have. So hopefully you guys enjoy it and you guys get something out of it or, or at least just have a good time listening to it. But thanks for listening, guys. Uh, well, Sierra, thank you for ha- coming to the podcast and having a moment to speak with us about all your all your stuff that's going on. You're really you seem really busy. Um, but the first thing I wanted you to like talk to us about is all that, like I look at your website and it's like, it looks so adventurous and you have so much, you know, traveling and, and, and like worldly things going on. How did that become a part of your life or were you kind of born into that? Um, well, first, thank you ladies so much for having me here on the podcast. I am very excited to speak with you and all of your listeners, but, um, yeah, so traveling and this adventurous lifestyle just kind of, sprouted on its own really. So, um, I always used to take like vacations with family, um, while I was growing up, but it was more so like resort vacations, or we would go to like an all-inclusive sort of place. And it was pretty much just like within the United States and like the Caribbean. So I'm Puerto Rican. So a few times my family would go to Puerto Rico or like the Bahamas and just kind of like a Caribbean isle island sort of, um, destination more so. And it was never like actually traveling and experiencing, I would say fully the culture and the country that we were traveling to or the place that we were traveling to. Um, and I was actually going through a breakup in, um, like one of my first few years of college. And with that, I decided that I was going to just kind of study abroad and go and just do something completely different. And that really opened up my whole world to travel. And I applied to study abroad in Australia and, um, I was accepted into the program to study abroad. And then from that, like I said, that kind of just opened up the doors for travel for me and for me to really understand, um, you know, experiencing different cultures and living in different parts of the world. So I was in Australia, um, in Wollongong, which is south of Sydney, um, in New South Wales for about six months. And when I was there, um, I had stayed longer than the time that I was, my study abroad program was going for. And I ended up traveling to Fiji and, um, I was able to experience the culture in Fiji and really kind of do again, a different style of travel than just kind of like go to a resort vacation, go to a resort and stay there for vacation, um, and then go back home. Um, and so that just really sparked all of my adventurous, um, and like all of my travel and stuff. So that was pretty much like the start of that. 
Wow. You did a bunch of traveling and like the, it was a lot of the Pacific. Was that like kind of inspiring to start a different lifestyle that that that's what kind of got you to feel like you didn't want to be stuck in one place? Uh, I would say definitely. Um, After being in Australia, I loved, loved Australia. I fell in love with the country, the people, um, the the whole culture. It was just amazing. And it was just so nice to kind of be out of the United States um, and just experiencing something different. So with that, that kind of just opened up the doors for me to want to continuously experience other cultures and just know that there's so much more than what's in front of you. And especially, you know, if you're just in your hometown and kind of stuck in your hometown, that's all you know. But there is so much world around us and so many things to experience and different ways to live life. And that's really what kind of sparked that drive within me to just see how other people live and that there are different ways to live. Yeah, to be like a free soul. I love it. (laughs) And they say that there's like a lot of Americans that don't even own passports because they just travel inside of the U.S., yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> and I talk to people about travel and some like, they don't get it. Or they're like, why? Why would you ever want to leave where you're at? What's better than here? And it's like, oh my gosh, like you have no idea. So culturally, yeah. even just seeing other things makes you kind of question yourself and, and what you're doing mm-hmm. with your life and how you live and the things that are like your day to day, right? It's It changes your whole perspective, makes you become a different person for sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. When Lorena and I grew up, I mean, we spent some time in New York, but like when, when we went back to Uruguay, it's a third world country and you, you start comparing like, oh, this country really needs this and this and that. And whereas there's a lot of people that were, you know, born in Uruguay and grew up in Uruguay and they didn't see the possibilities of a different way or a more advanced mm-hmm. way of living. And I think that's a cool thing where you go to go to the countries and maybe not just advanced, but you get to see how they do things differently and go, oh, that's kind of cool. I never thought about doing it that way, you know? Totally, totally. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, there are different ways to do things and different, you know, like where we take it for granted, I think living in the United States as well, you don't really realize. And like you had just said, so many people don't have passports and it's like, we have the freedom to travel the entire world without, you know, really going through too much to leave the country and to be questioned going into other countries where a lot of people don't really have that advantage. So, um, it's definitely so opening. So true. Especially like we have a Uruguayan passport and sometimes we find it hard going certain places and then <laughs> they dream right away. Like you're the, yeah. you're the daughter of a drug trafficker. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you're from right. South America. <laughs> like it's, wow. cr- yeah. Like just these, and that also helps you, I think traveling, not only like open your mind to a different way of living, but also to see that things aren't the way that sometimes people stereotype them to be. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, wow, I've been to South America and it isn't what people say. It isn't all about like this or that. And then you can you can make your own opinion and kind of live your own way and be like, okay, I like this part of the way they live here. I can bring that back to where I am and live that yeah. way. I think that's that's spiritual in its own way, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It just connects you more to, you know, your truth and yourself and, and how you want to show up in the world and you know, teach and learn from others. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, that brings me to the, one of the things I wanted to ask you, which is, um, do you feel like your soul plan this as like part of its universal, like to have a universal freedom or to be free in that way? Do you feel like this is something that was supposed to happen to you? Um, you know, you asking that just puts this huge smile on my face and (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. And I guess so. It's like something I never really thought of or put light on, I guess, in that sense. But, but I guess, because it's a huge part of who I am now. And I never thought of that, you know, when I was growing up or 
decided that for myself when I was younger. Um, but it's just become who I am and I am always traveling and I love to travel. So it's like, I can't sit still. And that's, that's actually always how I've been as a little girl. Like I could never sit still. I always needed to be doing something or going somewhere. Um, but obviously until I had the freedom and I was old enough to really be able to travel on my own. Now I'm really just taking full advantage of that, I guess you could say. And it's just totally shaped, you know, who I am and who I'm continuously becoming. Um, so I would, I would have to say yes. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Um, so I guess let's change it up a little bit. And I wanted to ask you about your mentorship program. How did this project come about? Maybe you can tell people a little bit about it so they can get a little bit more info if they don't know um, too much about you. Sure. Um, so it's called Empowerment Through Practice, and it's a six-week online group mentorship program. And within it, um, there's three modules that we focus on. Um, really, the first one, we're learning to uproot all of our shallow roots, the things that are kind of keeping us held stuck or held small, all of our limiting beliefs, the stories, the patterns. Um, you know, all these things that keep us held back from who we're truly meant to be. Um, the second module is learning to speak, seek and speak your truth. So you're really learning to understand what you're passionate about, again, who you truly are and how you want to show up in the world and to learn how to cultivate your voice and um, really tap into that and tap into your truth um, and be confident in speaking your truth always, no matter, you know, who it is you're talking to or what it is you're speaking on or speaking about. Um, and the third module is learning how to manifest from your heart center. Um, so this came about, um, we're going to get into talking about uh, Kong and Water, but that kind of had a part in um, creating this mentorship program as I started a business um, as a distributor with Kong and Water, and I wanted to do something more and kind of grow it in a different way and reach people in a different way. And um, I'm also a yoga teacher, so it's all these things that are kind of being tied into this and um, all of these practices that I continuously use within my daily life and have gotten to me in the place that I'm at right now. And I think that's really important for people to learn how to connect to their truth and understand who they truly are and um, show up fully for themselves. So within the six-week online um, mentorship program, we just go through different modules of learning practices and a skill set that you can carry with you and you can always relate back to or refer back to um, for all of the material that's within the program. And we focus on mindfulness, on meditation, on movement and manifestation. So all of those four practices are things that, you know, I have really honed in on and that's like my specialty um, and it's just an honor to be able to share that with other people and to allow them to truly see that, you know, they're limitless and that becoming empowered just by who you are is super, super powerful in itself. So, um, yeah, everything is online and it's a group mentorship program. So with that, um, community is a huge, huge thing and it helps to just excel your level of growth spiritually, personally, um, if you have a business, um, you know, in that mindset as well. So, just, you know, being surrounded by like-minded people is huge. So that's why I created um, that program. It's amazing. I but how did you like, how did it go from zero to like that whole program? Are you, <laughs> do you, are you tuning into something? Like, how are you knowing what tools to use and how to like program it? You know? Yeah, so I actually did a business coaching um, right before I started to create the program and in the midst of creating it. And it was um, with a lady named Brianna Rose and it was a Kundalini business coaching program. So we infused energy and business into um, one coaching program to kind of figure out what you wanted to do specifically and how you wanted to create, you know, whatever program retreat or like whatever it is that you wanted to do. 
Um, so that definitely helped to guide me with that. And Kundalini has been a huge part of like focusing my energy and understanding my energy um, to kind of create and birth the things that I want to be doing, um, which the empowerment program came as a result of that. So, um, you know, it's just kind of putting together all of the practices, as I said, that I typically do and I've done that have gotten me to this point and just kind of laying out the pathwork to, you know, share that with other people in the way that made the most sense to me. So I guess it all just kind of was channeled and it just came to me in that way um, in with help of, you know, my business coaching program and again, the practices that I've always used within my life. Mm -hmm. So with this whole spiritual side of the kind of program and your students, how do you connect with them? How do you, how do they find you? How do you, how do you like do these group, is it all online or do you also kind of incorporate your traveling into that as well? Um, it's all online in terms of the group mentorship program. So it's just people that really I connect with through social media. Um, okay. So I make it a point to continuously work to connect with people who seem to be like-minded and then they'll end up following me and then we build a connection online. And, you know, when they see that I'm offering something, then they become a part of it or reach out to me and then, you know, we converse about it until they're feeling like it's, you know, if it's something for them. Um, and that's basically how I do it, just marketing online. And most of the time it's organically. So it's really about connection for me. That's a huge thing. So again, building this community and this, um, this tribe of like-minded people. So, wow. yeah. So the Kangen water is basically what started it all then, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So cool. Do you feel like you were spirit, like uh, you had some sort of spirituality in you, before you started with the water or, or is it, did it kind of like all grow at the same time? Um, you know, I've always been like somewhat spiritual, but I feel like within the past year, the past, like definitely like seven months, it's just excelled. Like it's been this huge awakening and shift, um, over time. And then like, like I said, it just excelled and kind of like really took off and I really dove into my spirituality and the more I'm diving into it, like the more I'm learning and then I'm able to teach back with, teach that to other people. So, um, it's always kind of been there. I've been teaching yoga for five years. So like, that's always brought in the spirituality side of things for me. But like I said, and so more so recently, I've really started to dive into it and dive into like energy and all of that, um, which I think has like excelled all of this growth within my business as well. Yeah. You know, like I don't have, obviously don't have your Akashic records open, but like the energy I get from, from you is the, I keep getting the word courage. Like mm-hmm. you have to be really courageous to travel and to be willing to put yourself out in a place where you might not speak the language and know the culture. And mm-hmm. then like opening up and finding yourself with this program and allowing yourself to be vulnerable, to try to help others. Like it all just, the word I kept keep getting of everything you're talking about is you seem to be like a very courageous individual. Mm, I love that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) For sure. I mean, it's not easy. And a lot of people might have that kind of push to do something like you're doing and they might feel that calling, but taking action is the hard part. Right. And, and also I think something we want to get into, and I think a big part of this um, that we wanted to talk to you about on this episode was purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of us in life have a hard time finding our purpose. And I think a lot of people also kind of associate purpose with a career or a job, mm-hmm. or, which doesn't necessarily yeah. have to go hand in hand. But I think maybe we can talk a little bit about what it means to you or maybe how that links to some of the, the program that you do with people. Um, like, 
how important do you think purpose is in life? For us, we know it's very important because it's brought us to the Akashic Records and to helping people and just starting this podcast. So maybe you can give us your take on that. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think purpose is everything. Um, like you said, a lot of people will relate purpose to, you know, a career or a title and none of those things truly matter because none of those things are truly who you are. Um, and what's, you know, your truth, your soul's truth. So, um, I think in terms of just finding your purpose, like surface level of that is what are you passionate about? What makes you light up? Like, what will you do every single day and not get tired of? And you love to do it, no matter if you're getting paid for it, if you're not, if you're like, you know, any time of the day of the year, if you're able to do what you are, your happiest self, um, that starts to bring in the sense of purpose. Um, and then I think when we allow ourselves to just kind of step away from like the title, step away from what we think we need to do, because it's what society is telling us what we need to be doing, that allows us to create the space to hone in on what our purpose is and, you know, what our truth is and what we're passionate about. Um, I think passion and purpose have a lot to do with one another as well. They're pretty like interrelated in my mind. Um, and I think it's really important for people to connect to their truth and connect to their purpose um, because it helps to you to define who you are and figure out who you are. Um, and the more figured out we are with, you know, who we are or like this journey of who we are at least, um, that's going to keep growing and keep unfolding and evolving, of course. Um, but that helps us to just have a clearer sense of life and a clearer sense of direction on where it is we're going and what it is that we want to do in this world because no one's here on accident, right? We're all here on purpose. So it's our duty to kind of figure out, you know, what is your role here and how can you make a difference in the world and what is the impact that you're trying to create? And the more tapped in you are to yourself, um, you know, meditation is a huge way to, to create the pathway for that. Um, it's something I recommend every single person does. Um, I meditate. I have my people within the collective um, meditate 15 minutes a day, twice a day. So we're meditating for 30 minutes a day and it's completely transformed everyone's life. Um, and that's just the start, you know, from there, if you can spend more time doing that, I think it's going to really just allow you to sit with yourself and figure out, you know, what it is that you're here to do and what your purpose is and, you know, why you're doing what you're doing and how can you be doing it in a better way. Yeah. That's totally on point. Like I feel, I feel a lot of what you said, it, it resonates with a lot of things that I believe. And when, as a reader, when I have individuals come to me, if the person's asking, I've gotten this question, like, Oh, can you just help me? I don't have a hobby. Like I don't have anything mm -hmm. that I really like or what I'm passionate about. And I find that usually that person is a very low, low energy. Like they have their energy is very low, but because they don't seem to have this like push that makes them go, oh, I really, really want to do this. Or I really, mm -hmm. even on the free time, like you're waiting for your day off, not to go party with the friends, but you're waiting for your day off to go do this one thing that you really like to do. Right. right. I feel like that gives you extra life, like, mm -hmm. like the oomph to go on and like push yourself and, and maybe do things that you weren't willing to do before. If I find it really sad when I, I cross paths with somebody that seems to be like turned off from hobbies or passions because they're, they, haven't figured it out what, what really makes them you know light up like you'd said right and that takes time too it's not you know some people yeah. know and some people don't know but I feel like the more you open yourself up to trying new things and to allowing the space to kind of figure out what it is that you like and don't like then you give yourself the opportunity to figure it out and 
and it's going to change. It can change, you know, it doesn't have to be one specific thing and only that thing. Um, you know, as you grow and evolve, your passions and your purpose grows and evolves and that's beautiful. That's part of life, you know? So, um, I think, and spending time doing what you love, like you said, a lot of people kind of wait for an opportunity or wait for the weekend or wait for permission to do what they love to do. But it's so silly because we're here, you know, in this time now to be living with purpose and to do the things that we love to do so that we are, you know, our highest self and we're happy. Um, so I think it's really important to truly make time for what it is that you love, even though that sounds like a cliche quote, but all of those things are written for, for a reason. So just putting it into practice. Yeah. I think a lot also has to do with, like you said previously, the pressures from society and ourselves or our families to follow a certain path or to do things a certain way. And then we put that pressure on ourselves and it's like, Oh, but I have to do this. I can't even try these things. Mm -hmm. And then for me, a lot of my life, I think was also like, I, I always jump from one thing to the next. I'm like, Oh, I want to try this. I want to try that. And then mm -hmm. I, I, it's like, Oh, you're always giving up on stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. no, I just don't, it's not fulfilling me anymore. I don't like it as much as I did before. And thanks to not feeling, you know, guilty or bad about that. I kind of just listened to myself at certain points and I was like, it got me to where I am today. And I found something that lights me up. But if you listen to everybody outside, I think that's where we end up having a lot more struggle because yeah. people are always going to judge you. People are always going to say, oh, well, why are you doing this? You should be doing this because this is what everybody else is doing. And a lot of us will go down a path that's not traditional and that's okay. But I think, yeah, I think the societal pressures are, don't help find our purpose yeah. a lot of times. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I kind of also feel like, you know, there's more of an awakening that's happening right now in the world. And like the shift, which is beautiful to watch people like to truly kind of step out of their box and know that, you know, you're not supposed to fit into all of these boxes. It's so silly. And, um, I think like those things are set up in a way so that we don't like fully step into our potential. So everyone's kind of kept small, um, which is sad, but it's nice to kind of see people understanding that that's not the way that you need to live. If that's not what you choose for yourself. Yeah. And I still find like, if you, you bump into new individuals in your life or you like, even if you go out for like dinner or something and you meet new people, usually the first question you get asked after like, what's your name? It's, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so could that yeah. defines you? Tell me what you do so I can, so I can put you in a, in a, in a category and decide who you are. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's crazy. Like th that we define everybody by what they do. When many of us are just doing what we, what, what it was easiest to grab onto most of the time yeah. was easy to grab onto makes money. That's not really who we are. Right. Right. And I also think, you know, the more that you step into your truth, the more that you step into what you're really here to do, what your purpose is, you will be so abundant. Like it does, you can do anything. You can make money doing literally anything. And it's just like, you know, your creativity towards it or your belief towards it. Um, and it's funny because yeah, a lot of things or like jobs that we pick, we do just because of a monetary value or what we think we're going to get paid. But, um, Luckily, we live in 2020 now and there's so many opportunities <laughs> and, you know, we can do things like this where we can like totally step out of the box and the norm and, and make a sustainable income off of it. So it's 
Yeah. Good time to be alive. <laughs> I wanted to actually talk about um, meditation because you said that your program, the the individuals that are doing it are doing 15 minutes a day, twice a day. So they're doing 30 minutes. I started, I think around the time, a little bit before we started this podcast, I had started meditating. And I was like one of those people where I was able to do like five minutes and I was always like half opening an eye looking to see how much time <laughs> that like, yeah. It's been five minutes. Oh man, I'm trying to make 10 minutes. Like, and so that's how I started. But I recently, literally, um, I think maybe two weeks, three weeks ago, I, I started doing it differently where I don't put on a timer anymore. I don't mm. use music for an amount of time. I said, you know what? I'm doing it wrong. I need to do it, even though I was doing it, like I need to do it better. I need to do it more in tuned with myself. I know how to in tune with myself. Why am I not doing it for meditation? So I found that I don't put on, and so I started with like no music and no timer. And I was like, I'll just do it. And when I feel like I'm ready to come out of it, I am. And I've been doing 40 minutes and it goes by and wow. it feels like nothing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I think it's when you have this timer again, it's like this pressure in the back of your mind, like, okay, like when's I got to do the next thing? Like, you know, it's always like this to-do list and we're rushing, rushing. But, you know, they say, I'm looking at a Lululemon bag that's sitting in front of me and it says like, if you have time to meditate or if you, I'm not, I don't know where the quote is. Okay, meditate for 10 minutes every day unless you're busy, then meditate for 20. <laughs> it's, it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. And it's like, yeah. we are always rushing to go do the next thing when really you need to just slow down and sit with yourself because then I think life flows so much easier, you know, when you meditate, but totally. That's yeah. so true. And it's something I feel like they should teach this in school. Yeah. Like kids should be meditating in school. I wish they had like Lorena, they're teaching they're teaching kids in school in Uruguay now. Yeah, I saw. It's I, part of the program with sub schools. Yeah. How true that is. You think I don't I haven't heard anybody say I've seen it on the internet, but I'm sure it's true. Or it's fake news. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Fake, I don't think there's fake Uruguayan news out there though. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of people have this intimidation where I can't meditate, I can't sit still. And it's, you're just putting that story into your head. And of course, if you're telling yourself you can't do something, then you're not going to be able to do it. But, and it's, we have this pressure, I think also with meditating of like, I have to quiet my mind. And like, that's not a real thing either, because your mind is never going to be quiet. Um, there's this one book that I recommend on reading on meditation it's called stress less accomplish more meditation for extraordinary performance by emily fletcher and um she has this whole meditation technique called the ziva meditation which she teaches you within the book but basically within the book she constantly is reminding you that you're not meditating like to quiet your mind right that's like trying to tell yourself like trying to tell your heart to stop beating basically and that's never going to happen so it's a matter of just kind of like sitting with the thoughts letting them pass and then just I feel like just sitting into your body and feeling into your body is a big thing that I've been like teaching recently is feeling into your space feeling into your body and just breathing into it and you know whether you want to do it with music whether you want to do a guided meditation there's so many different styles of meditating um, and there's so many resources to do so and just start out small. Like you said, just do five minutes and, um, then like, see where you go from there, because before you know it, you're going to be sitting for 40 minutes or craving more if you're doing a short amount of time. Um, and the time goes by so fast and, and we need it. Yeah. yeah, we do need it more than we real realize. Um, because like life just gets, gets too much sometimes especially if you're totally. working and you have kids or you're rushing to do things like 
you're always have an excuse. And I know I've, I still do that. <laughs> like I still put excuses up to meditate and that's something I'm, I'm working on this year. Um, getting back into mm-hmm. my meditation practice because it makes me feel so great. It makes me yeah. feel so in tune with myself. And I, I find myself not getting like upset or yes. anxious or like, I just, I don't know. I just, like you said before, I think you just flow. Your life flows easier. Yeah. And you're totally. calm and you, you deal with things in a different way. And I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually funny that you say that low, because I got an email the other day and I was, it was right before I was about to go do my meditation. And usually I would, I, it, it, like, it was a really rude email. So normally I'd be like, Oh my God, come on. Like, <laughs> but in this way, I was like, no, it's my meditation time. I will get mad at you later. I'm not going to get mad at you right now. And I, literally shut my phone off and, went to like, <laughs> and then I ended up coming in meditation I'm like okay it's time to get mad now and I didn't actually end up getting mad I just responded like nicely I'm like oh that meditation was actually good to answer the email all right great good. <laughs> yeah sure. see it's like it teaches you how to respond versus react I yeah feel like you're just yeah that's true yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. awesome um uh, going back to purpose, because I know we were on meditation, but I just want to quickly go back for a second, because I think this is a big thing for people and, and people that come get Akashic Records readings. How do you, do you see this as something that the people in your mentorship program struggle with? And do you feel like um, it is something that your program can help them with? Um, I do think, you know, everyone comes in at a different level um, to some degree. Um, everyone is like, entering with this hunger for, you know, growing their spiritual journey and understanding themselves better and, you know, feeling empowered as the person that they are. But I think some people know their purpose. Some people might think they know their purpose and that might shift within the collective because you're really doing this work within yourself where you're, you know, we do journal prompts and you're sitting and answering questions and we're having discussions. So it's like kind of when you're saying things out loud or truly sitting with them, it kind of shifts things, I think, or puts things into a different realization than what you kind of just keeping your head to yourself and you think, you know, but, um, so I think that, you know, some people come into it knowing their purpose and some people don't. And I think it's a really good skill set or journey, or I don't know what word I want to use here, but, um, that allows you to like tap into what your purpose is and what your truth is. Because I feel like when we're doing this work with ourselves, then it allows you to kind of get clear on who you are more like so than the title. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's perfect. Cause I think that's what people need tools because there's not like a magic pill. It's like meditation yeah. um, or anything you do. It's a, it's like a muscle that you need to work every day. Yes. So finding mm-hmm. purpose, sometimes it could be like an aha moment, right? Like some people mm-hmm. can have that, but I think a lot of us slowly get into that when we start loving ourselves, listening to ourselves taking care of ourselves and then allowing ourselves to give, give her, giving ourselves permission really to find yeah. our purpose because it, it, it might've always been there, but for some people it might be something that they need to find later down the path, like of life. Right. Mm-hmm, totally. It's funny. Yeah. Cause you talked about aha moments and usually like big aha moments, like not like when I read something and it reminds me big aha moments are like, usually tragic or it's 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 like the spiritual slap of awakening like they're slapping mm-hmm. you right like wake up like I usually that happens if you're very off very very off track right mm-hmm. but so then we should wake up before and this is kind of like a way to wake up before it gets too severe you get too off track or too disconnected right yeah For sure 
Yeah. yeah. And so you did, so you're, so you say you're, you're, re, you're a rep or for Kangen water, which I literally know nothing about. <laughs> I know a little bit and I don't know that much. So I'm very excited to learn more for sure. Yeah. So like, tell us a little bit about what it is because I'm sure there's other people out there that don't know what it is just like me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's actually been around for over 40 years. Um, and it's Kangen or Kangen, however you want to pronounce it. Um, but the machines are called Kangen machines and they're water ionizer machines. Um, and this is Japanese technology, um, that originated in Japan. And basically scientists were doing research on places around the world that, um, people were drinking this water. Basically scientists were doing studies and seeing people around the world who had access to a certain type of water and the properties within the water are what they recreated with the Kong and water machines. And basically these people had to take no medications. They were super healthy. Um, they lived to like well over a hundred years old. Um, and they were trying to figure out like, what was it that they were doing different? And it all was back, brought back to their water that they were drinking. And of course we're made up of at least 70% of water. So water is huge. Um, so the machine recreates properties of fresh natural spring water. What it does is it connects to your tap and it's just a small compact machine, it connects to your tap. And as you run your tap water, the water runs through the machine and it's filtered through a charcoal filter. After it goes through the charcoal filter, it runs over titanium dipped platinum plates, which gives the water an electric charge. So just as water in nature would run over rocks or run over waterfalls and get an electric charge, that's what's being recreated within the machine. So as the water pours out of the machine, there's different levels of pH that you can adjust. Um, so naturally the water is gonna be alkaline in um, like from a spring, as it runs, it's gonna be naturally alkaline. So that's what, again, it recreates within the machine. So there's three drinking water settings that go from um, 8.5 pH to 9.0, all the way up to 9.5 pH. Um, so we want our bodies to be alkaline. Our environment allows our bodies to become very, very acidic from the foods that we're eating, like the high processed foods from meats, from dairy, um, all of these things, just the environmental stresses that we have, air pollution, all contributes to our body becoming acidic. And disease, sickness, cancer, all these things thrive in an acidic environment. So we don't realize this, but it is actually important for our body to become alkaline. Right? Our healthiest whole foods are alkaline foods once they're digested in our bodies. Um, so again, the machine is just recreating water that mimics the properties of natural spring water. And it has active hydrogen in it. So that's like the biggest thing within the Kangen water, not so much the pH, it's the active hydrogen. Um, so with that, when you see the water poured, if you guys are ever looking at my like Instagram stories or anything, I'm always showing that the water has like this white cloudiness look to it and has all these little bubbles and that's the active hydrogen. Um, so it's an abundance of it. And, you know, it's so small, the hydrogen molecules that it can penetrate every single cell, it floods our entire body, it can cross the blood brain barrier. So when you drink the water, it's actually hydrating your brain, which tap water, bottled water cannot do. Um, so it's pretty, pretty powerful. And it's literally just water. So you know, hydrogen is the biggest part within this water, the active hydrogen. Um, and it's an incredible antioxidant. And again, it's super powerful for our bodies. So um, as you're drinking it, there's um, an immense amount of benefits within the water. Um, 
in terms of like the drinking water um, from literally just like restoring your body. It's bringing you back to homeostasis basically. And our body is super, super powerful, which we know it can heal itself if it is given the right environment. So, you know, when we're hydrating properly, when we're eating the proper foods, um, then your body is super powerful. So it's important that we're kind of recognizing, you know, what we're putting into our body. And if we have access to the healthiest options and the best options, in my opinion, just why wouldn't we choose that for ourselves? Yep. Amen. So, yeah, I had a friend, I had a friend in Mexico who had this thing on the tap. And when Lorena told me that she wanted to ask you about this water, I said, Lorena, I wonder if this has to do with that little machine that my friend had in (laughs) Mexico. And it is. Yeah. Cause I remember it had a little pH level thingy. She would move it. Yeah, that's awesome. Years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, the machines, have, it's been around for over 40 years, so it's nothing new, but all of the like platforms online with social media have just allowed Kongen to like blow up. So now to people, it's like this new thing. And it's like people, I think, see it and think it's like a fad. It's like a health fad. And it's not. I mean, it's they're certified medical grade machines. So they're used in hospitals in Japan. And um, like they're used to help people who have illnesses who have sickness who have cancer so um you know they're huge it's nothing new and it's just people are scared you know no one knows about it because um especially in the united states because you know pharmaceutical companies like that's just a competition for them and that's going to hurt them so um you know in japan they're focused on obviously eastern healthcare and wellness and they're paid on people being healthy, not on people being sick, where in the United States, it's the opposite of that. So um, it's just pretty eye-opening when you start to understand and realize, and there's so much behind Kangen water, I can talk about it for literally forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the machine itself, like it creates a bunch of different types of water. So the pHs range from 2.5, which is our strong acidic. Um, and part of why the machine is certified medical grade is because the strong acidic water is a natural chemical-free sanitizer and disinfectant. Um, So it'll kill MRSA within 30 seconds. Um, You can literally wipe down all of your surfaces with it. They clean um, like medical tools in the hospital with 2.5. Yeah, so. Yeah, I remember she used to um, clean her lettuce with it. She would like, it's like a spray thingy. Yeah, so you can like disinfect any produce, anything um, with 2.5, whether it's a surface, whether it's food. Um, And then there's also, so the machine, as I said, goes from 2.5 all the way up to 11.5. And 11.5 is going to be our strong alkaline water. And you can soak produce in that. And it's going to remove all of the oil-based pesticides off of your produce. And I literally have pictures where it's like tomatoes soaked and the water is yellow. Like, (laughs) yellow. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And then soaked in tap water, you know, what comes off nothing so it's crazy yeah mm-hmm. wow. oh yeah. man I, yeah. i've seen it I, at, at the yoga studio i go to they have a filter and a Amazing. friend here has one too but um i like every time i go i'll just fill up a huge bottle of it and my friend also yeah. does it, like jugs of it and brings it home yeah mm-hmm. and that's where i kind of like heard about it and through my mom as well because our mom had breast cancer. She's, and she's mm-hmm. now in remission and stuff, but she, um, you know, she went to an oncologist and the oncologist was like, no, you just have to get chemo and radio. Mm-hmm. And then she decided to go a different route of medicine. And the first mm-hmm. thing that they did was tell her to change her diet. 
like you need to go on an alkaline diet. You need mm-hmm. to change the acidity of your body and the way you're eating is so important for that. Um, but I guess, I guess my question is like, cause when I heard you speaking about like illness and all that, and I do believe 100% that what we put in our bodies and our body being acidic will make us sick and it only feeds cancer. I believe that 100%, even though, like you said, you know, Western medicine doesn't necessarily say that to us or tell us to change our diets. But do you think like if, if our diets weren't perfect and we use this Kangen water, would that help us like tremendously in our health? Because some people don't uh, have, yeah, some people don't have that ability to spend all this great money on organic stuff or, you know, I, I don't believe that they're, that healthy food is more expensive. I don't necessarily believe that, but some mm-hmm. people like might have this bad habit of eating a lot of highly processed food. And then maybe if they can make one change and that might make them feel better, like maybe drinking Kangen water and then that could slowly put them down, you know, a path of eating healthier. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, exactly. If there's like one thing that you can do as simple as changing your water, um, that's going to be a huge thing. Just the way that it hydrates your body. When people first start drinking it, um, they typically go through a detox process where it's like your whole body is flushing out all of the crap, literally from like your poop to the acidity that's in your body that's just stuck and we don't realize it. Um, So I think definitely that's like a big you know, first step that you can take. And I mean, the machines are an investment, but it's an investment in your health and they last 25 plus years. So it's, uh, you know, to me, there's, it's a no brainer. Um, and for me personally, um, I eat pretty he- Well, I do eat healthy, but for the most part, um, like before I started drinking Kangen water, I ate meat and I ate kind of like whatever I wanted to eat. I would watch what I ate, but I would eat pretty much whatever. Um, and as I started drinking the water, I just felt these changes within my body and it just made me like want to change everything. So I stopped eating meat. Um, and I basically only eat whole foods. Now, sometimes I'll eat seafood once in a while. Um, so I'd say like I'm more so pescatarian, but I don't really eat that much seafood to begin with anyway. So, um, yeah, it's just totally changed that within me. So that's amazing. That's, That's crazy. So you, you're kind of like feeling the diet. It, it was like you were, you pushed yourself to stop eating meat. It's that you started this new thing that made you feel an urge to eat something else. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, you can, you, as long as you're drinking the water in the way you should be drinking it, um, you will definitely feel it, feel the changes, feel the difference. You're just, there's more clarity you don't have fogginess in your brain. You have so much more energy. It's just, you're being hydrated. And me personally, um, I have two autoimmune disorders um, and the Kangen water has totally changed my life in terms of those two. So one of them is interstitial cystitis. The other one is ulcerative colitis, which was like the biggest one. So um, I would have uh, crazy flare-ups with that, no matter what I ate or didn't eat, what I drank or didn't drink. And, um, it would be like crazy gas pains in my stomach where I couldn't even like stand up straight. I would try to go to the bathroom and like, not to be TMI, but like could only shit blood. I'm sorry. I don't know if you guys, wow. I can only poop blood. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, I couldn't go to the bathroom and it didn't matter like what I did. And it was, oh, man. it was terrible, terrible. Like I wouldn't be able to sleep. Um, 
yeah, it was horrible, horrible pains and like nothing I could do. When I went to the doctor, they were just like, they didn't really tell me like anything to do. Um, so I was just kind of like left stuck until I started drinking Kangen water and I'm able to go to the bathroom regularly, like three times a day. It has never felt so good to go to the bathroom. Like I am so grateful. Um, and if I don't drink it, like if I'm traveling and I'm not able to find someone with Kangen water, I feel it immediately. It's just right back to where I was beforehand. So it's like something that, yeah, I'll preach about it forever. Like anyone who has any kind of stomach issues, any kind of any health issues, like once, once your body is hydrated, it's a game changer because your body can heal itself. I truly believe that, you know, yeah, I, um, I think depending on like the severity of what you're going through, like Western medicine is beautiful in times that we need it. But if there's other ways to like handle, you don't always need a pill for everything is my opinion. So, um, I don't know. Kangen water is just, it's super, super powerful. Are you supposed to drink the same amount of water that you would, like, it's two liters a day, right? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just depending on, like, your body weight of how much you would drink. But I suggest, like, you drink a gallon of water a day if you can. How much is a gallon? <laughs> um, I don't know, in, like, metric. Only. I don't remember, but... <laughs> yeah she's uh, they only do gallons in the states i know (laughs) (laughs) everything is like backwards here we do it different than (laughs) yeah yeah so if anybody here listening was interested in getting um the kangen water machine how would they go about doing that can they get that through you or how would they yeah Yep. So anyone who has any questions about it, um, please reach out. You can um, contact me through DMs on Instagram at Shantique Nomad. um, And I would be happy to give you information. I like people to be really educated about it first um, before they, you know, invest in a machine so like they can truly understand what they are having in their home and all of the ways that they can use it because there's a multitude of ways um, between like cleaning, between Literally, there's a pH for your skin, hair, and nails, and then obviously the drinking water. So, um, yeah, there's a lot to it. But, yeah, you can get in contact with me, and I would be happy to educate you and um, share how you can get a machine in your home. Cool. It doesn't matter where in the world they are. Is it delivered to their, their home? Yep. Um, it's delivered to your home and it's a global distribution company. So there are locations all throughout the world. So just depending on where you are, we would just get in contact to the nearest distribution office. Um, and yeah, it wouldn't be an issue. The only thing might be like pre-filters depending on like how, what your water source is, um, Mm -hmm. from your tap. Um, but there are ways to definitely, um, get a machine in your home. Like, is there an issue, like, for home? example, here in, in Holland, they have this thing where like boiling water comes out and you can, you can, and you also have it where it comes out sparkling water. Do you mm. think that would be any issues with the tap? Cause it comes literally out of the tap. Um, I don't know. I'd have to see like what that setup looks like. Um, because there's a diverter that hooks up to your faucet. So, uh, I'm not sure what like, oh. the other thing is. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a thing here. Everybody yeah, it's has so the, weird. the hot I was water. There, I was there like a month ago and I was like, hot boiling water comes out of your tap. How does that? <laughs> awesome. It's the best thing. It's like perfect. I love making, I love tea. It's the perfect lazy tea making system. It's amazing. <laughs> well, I, I, I love that. That, so. <laughs> that was like, a little dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's get into your, you're a yoga instructor. Yes. Um, yeah, I've been teaching yoga for five years. 
Um, and I got my certification in vinyasa and hatha principles of yoga. So um, I basically teach power yoga. That's like my jam. Um, I love people to like feel really strong in their bodies and feel good and get their sweat and their workout on, um, but then still bring in like the Dharma talks throughout my classes too. Is power yoga not for beginners? Um, I think it's open to every level. Of course, if you're new, new, you might be a little like, I don't know, behind, I guess, not to say behind, but just kind of like you're going to learn as you go. So I think like, it doesn't matter what class you show up to, you're going to continuously learn. Um, but I'd say my classes are open to all levels. And if you want to do more, you can do more. And if you want to do less, you can totally do less. And then how did you get into like, what, what was the first time that you learned about yoga or the first time that you tried yoga for yourself? Um, the first time that I did yoga was when I was in college and it was like my first semester, um, in my undergrad. And, um, I think it was from just like seeing on Instagram, honestly, like seeing people do yoga poses and stuff. And I was like, huh, I'm athletic. Like I used to play softball, I snowboard. And I was like, I, and I run all the time and stuff. So it's like, I could probably get into like yoga. This looks cool. And I did like an app in my house and I was like, okay, I need to go to a studio. So then I started taking um, Baptiste yoga classes and I was hooked immediately, like addicted would go every single day. <laughs> and, um, that was like the start of my yoga journey. People don't realize how hard yoga is. It's hard. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's it not only meant, I think mentally it's, it's ridiculous how hard it is. Like I've been doing Kundalini for a while now mm. and it's amazing. And people are like, Oh, I was like, Oh, I'll do Kundalini. It's easy. It looks like it's just breathing. No, man, it's hard. Like <laughs> mentally, you have to, you have to like really push yourself and it's like, okay, don't strain your face. Keep your mouth. Like keep everything you're just like trying to like tense your whole body but you don't need to tense your whole body it's I think it's it's a lot like it reminds me a lot of meditation kundalini specifically and maybe some other yoga um kind of um branches but it's 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 similar in a way that I think you have to really just not listen to that inner voice inside of you telling you that you can't do it mm-hmm. because it, it'll push you to like give up on the poses and to give up on like just like relaxing at moments I guess I don't know I don't know yeah. how you see it I'd be I'd be curious to see how you see because that's how I see it um I don't like to say that yoga is hard because I don't like people to think that you know what I mean yeah, like it, yeah. it is it is but I don't like to say that <laughs> um, I think it like very much so puts you in the present moment and I can't like I love it for that like there's nothing else that you're thinking about other than what the hell you're doing and what kind of contortion you're putting your body into yeah. you know at that moment and um and it's super powerful because you're going through this flow or, you know, whatever you're, you know, even if you're doing Kundalini and you're doing your Kriyas and you're just in it, you're in it, you're in it. And then afterwards you're able to just like, like, wow, that gave me such a body high and like such a spiritual high. Like that was amazing. And, um, I think like that sense of yoga is like so, so empowering and I I love it for that. And, um, like your practice is something that it's a practice, right? You're always going to show up for it and you're always going to continuously learn, learn more about your body, learn more about like what it is that you need at that moment. And that's always going to change too. Your practice is always going to change and you might be really strong in one area for a period of time. And then as your practice evolves, that might shift and that's totally okay because it's always like this flow that we're going through in life and this flow that we're going through with our body. Um, And I mean, a lot of people 
have these weird stigmas around yoga where like, I guess like, you know, it is easier, like it's too slow or, and if anyone says that, I'm like, come to my power yoga class. Like I'm going to kick your butt. It's all core. (laughs) It's core and cardio. And like, you feel so good. So it's like, just depending on like what it is that you want, because not every style of yoga is for everyone and not every yoga teacher is for everyone. And that's, that's fine. Um, (laughs) Can you hear? Yeah. It's a, it's a little dog, right? Yeah. <laughs> so cute. Sorry. It's okay, um, no worries. Um, I think with yoga as well, I find myself sometimes, I don't know, this is me. That was me before, maybe not so much now, comparing myself to others around me mm-hmm. until I started, I think, really loving myself and seeing it as a practice. I would go into a class and be like, oh my God, this person's like stretching or like doing this so much better. Why can't I reach? Like mm-hmm. until I got that out of my head and that I was there for myself. But did you, did you go, go through that or do you see people that like get into that headspace sometimes? Um, yeah, I think in the beginning I, I might've, or just kind of, you know, I feel like i took it more so as like encouragement or fuel to like, okay, I'm going to be able to do that. Cause, but that's just like my personality, but I definitely know people who like are intimidated to come to class because they don't want other people to judge them or like want to be able to do something that they can't do. But I like to remind people like no one is looking at you. Everyone is looking at themselves and they're just so focused on themselves and like their space and their breath and like what they're doing. Like they don't care about what you're doing. Um, so like that's, just needs to be kind of like wiped out of your mind and just like focus. It's about you. Like you're here on this mat and like for your practice. And also I find like yoga is so much about community as well, which kind of helps. And it's like, no one is really competing. Um, if you're competing, like you're just in the wrong space and like, you're just competing. I don't know for nothing because there's no competition here. And it's like more so like an encouraging space and like we're breathing together, we're moving together, we're sharing our energy with one another. So like, how are you showing up for yourself and how are you showing up for the person who's on the mat next to you, you know? Mm-hmm. And how would you compare yoga with like meditation? Do you think that they're very similar tools or would you still say, yeah, I would recommend people do yoga and meditation because they both give you different things? Yeah, I would definitely say they give you different things. Um, It's two totally different practices. And like yoga was created um, to move your body so you can get all of that fidgeting out of the way so that you can sit for a meditation. So yeah, so um, definitely two different practices, definitely both beautiful practices. And I think everyone should do yoga. Everyone should do meditation. But, um, you know, I feel like with yoga, you're just like more tapped into your body, which is really important because I've I don't really think we give ourselves a permission to feel like to feel into your body and like, listen to what your body's telling you, because that's a direct relation to like what's going on in your head and in your heart. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think it's really important to have both. Yeah. I love that. It's so true though. It's right. What you said before you finish a yoga class, let's say, and you feel so peaceful and it's, it's, it's like such a weird such a weird feeling to explain I guess but it would be the best time to meditate I think because that's where you feel like you can just sit and just relax or just do yeah like I don't know just sit there with your thoughts or sit there and just just breathe really because you just want to relax so I totally maybe I'll start doing that doing like a 10 minute yoga thing in the morning and then uh meditating I love it Mm -hmm. that would be Mm -hmm. perfect I love it I'm going to follow up on you, Lorena, see if you really do it. <laughs> Thanks. Keep me accountable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
so bad. And so we're talking about yoga and meditation. There's obviously a mindfulness to it because I know that there's specific meditations that are literally just to become more mindful. Um, I'm not sure about yoga though. Is that, is that a thing with yoga too? I think so. I think mindfulness is like a big part of yoga as well. Cause again, you're just like, so I feel like to be mindful, you have to be in the present moment, right? And when you're practicing yoga, you are in the present moment. So it's like these little like tidbits come from like all of these practices that are just like brought into the bigger picture of your life. And it's like, how can you relate all of the things that we're learning on the mat to your everyday life, right? Like how can you stay and allow yourself to like hold that pose and breathe with it and be okay. And like, in like when it's hard, when it gets really, really freaking hard and your legs are shaking and you want to give up, but you don't. Right. And on in real life, like bringing that mindfulness piece and like, how, how can you withstand the tough stuff? Like, how are you going to breathe through it? And how are you going to show up for yourself? Like in that regard, when it's like, you don't want to be in that situation, but you're gonna, again, respond in a different way than you would maybe like without having that practice, it kind of allows that mirror like that transition from on the mat to off the mat real life and and yoga time I guess yeah I love that that's beautiful so what advice do you have for individuals that are looking to possibly they don't do yoga maybe they don't do meditation they haven't got into it and they want to bring mindfulness into their lives like what would you say what would you say would be the best first step for them to try to begin with that to begin with the mindfulness practice yeah Um, I would say like reading is like a really big tool. And like, that might be like the first step. If you're like intimidated to do yoga, if you're intimidated to meditate, like grab a a book, like find a mindfulness book. Um, I'm reading right now, the power of now, um, by Eckhart Tolle. And like, that is like a perfect mindfulness book. And like, it's an easy read, like just, there's so many books that you can read on mindfulness. And like, that might be like the first step of kind of like sparking that or like bringing the awakening, I guess, towards mindfulness in that sense. And then like challenge yourself, like step outside of your box and like go to a yoga class and just see how you feel. And yoga is not for everyone. I get that. Um, but kind of like bringing any sort of like movement practice in and like maybe trying meditation, like putting on a recording in just five minutes, like five minutes is such a small fraction of your 24 hours, like just trying it and being open to it. And then um, like kind of just start from there and see how it goes and how you can just, you know, develop a plan or a practice for you that, that works for you. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. It's great advice. I love it. Yeah. People can start slow. I think that's the, that's yeah. the main thing. Totally. Um, I don't know if you have any more questions, Lou. Um, I wanted her just to talk a little bit about her podcast because she also has a podcast. Yes, please. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, sure. Um, So my podcast is called Just Add Water and I've actually taken a little break from it for um, recording or putting up any podcasts within the last like month, just getting into the new year and just giving myself a moment to decompress. Um, but with that, it's about bringing in mindfulness and spirituality and the title of just said water, um, is in relation to like watering a plant in that same regard. Like you have to tend to it, water it in order for it to grow. And that's the same, in my opinion, with mindfulness and spirituality, you have to tend to it, you have to water it, you know, for it to grow and for it to evolve. Um, so yeah, with the podcast, just basically going over different practices and just topics on mindfulness, spirituality, and how can you, how you can just connect more so with your highest self, um, and just get your life into alignment and just, you know, feel connected to your truth. 
All right, sounds good. I actually haven't listened to it. I know Lorena does. I have, but yeah. I haven't. Yeah, I need to do that. Love it. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Give it <a> for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Plus, you have like a very soothing voice. So it's always like nice to listen to. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Just come on our podcast. We'll always give you nice words. Like, we'll always say nice things about you. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for taking your time to come on here and talk about all these cool uh, topics. And especially I think the Kangen water for us is really cool because we didn't know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Makes me a little bit more interested in in maybe getting a Kangen water machine. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And the business side of things with it is amazing. It's definitely how um, I'm able to support myself the most in terms of traveling full time. Um, so if you ladies are interested in that, we can like talk oh, separately sure. and, and like go into detail about all of that. And I can, of course, educate you more so in Kangen. Um, where in the world are you both? Different places? I'm in Holland. I'm in Cayman, Cayman Islands. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the business is global distribution. So, I mean, you can, uh, I believe everyone gets paid out in U.S. dollars, but you um, can sell to anywhere around the world. So, I mean. amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. That that can that allows you to have this like nomadic life, right? Totally, totally. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. And helping yeah. people at the same time. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's amazing. <laughs> awesome well thank you yeah thanks so much for and you've been busy you know like making sure to do your things but you were taking a break from your podcast so thanks for coming on ours while you were breaking from yours <laughs> no that's totally fine um, i appreciate you both having me on here and this has been fun <laughs> thank you so much thanks Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this amazing episode with Sierra, the Cantic Nomad. We had so, so much fun interviewing her. It was it was like we were talking with like an old friend. It was so cool. And all the topics, the meditation, the kangen water, everything was amazing. Um, I just wanted to share some of her links because I don't think we included that in the episode. Sorry, Sierra. So her website is www canticnomad.com and cantic is c-a-n-t-i-k and then the word nomad.com here you'll be able to find all her info on kangen water her empowerment collective and also she's starting to do women's retreats so um, i don't know if she's starting but she's she's leading them so definitely check it out i saw some some info on her instagram about it which looks like i was amazing i want to go uh, her Instagram is Cantic uh, Nomad, so it's uh, C-A-N-T-I-K Nomad altogether. And she also has her own podcast, which I don't think we got into. I'll link that on the show notes. And yeah, I really hope you guys all enjoyed the episode. She had so many interesting points of views and just so inspirational and like Lucia said very courageous soul I think in in so many ways and so inspirational like it inspires me to push to make my life even better and to meditate and to maybe even start doing yoga more consistently and to keep empowering people with information and just be ourselves um that's it. Uh, just be sure to be following us on Instagram. Our Instagram handles at soul underscore tribe underscore podcast. You can find all of the links to our websites, our Facebook, all as well on the show notes. And yeah, uh, be sure to share this episode with anyone you think might 
be interested or might benefit from this information. And also, if you can rate and review us on iTunes, we would really appreciate it. It will help push this podcast forward and keep helping us put more content out there. So yeah, have a great week, everybody. We love you. Thank you.